Welcome back to Dig This, Nuka's official podcast and our latest episode. I'm Robert Baylor, Nuka's Director of Communications and this podcast's host. And welcome to part two of our conversation with Bill Schultz, president of Schultz Construction in Boston Spa, New York. We're going to share Bill's stories about Schultz's Construction's approach to safety. Many companies dedicate staff, such as a safety director, to monitor job sites and to train and encourage safe working behavior. However, Schultz does not have a safety director. They take a different and holistic approach to this vital requirement for any construction job site. And it's an approach that involves everyone in the company working towards building a strong culture of safety. And it's working, too. You wrote, the safety manager cannot create alone a safety culture. That must come from the top leadership in the company. Can you expand upon that very important thought? Uh, We found the key to inculcating that safety culture has to come from leadership. Uh, You've really embraced that in terms of giving your next level down, the supers and all that, the responsibilities to actually make sure this kind of thinking, this kind of attitude uh, is prevalent across your company. I... I believe that uh, from from personal experience that a safety director without strong support from top leadership can be vigilant reinforcing the safety program. Yet, if top leadership haven't created an environment of a strong safety culture, he's not able to reinforce that. So he's out there pushing, reinforcing safety program, but People will do that when he's there or when they know that he's coming there to the site, but they won't be thinking about it all the time. Absolutely. I believe that people will modify their behavior when they know the rules of the house. I tell people in my company that we learn the rules of our house when we're growing up. Don't lie, don't steal. Ironically, my parents never told me to be safe. When I would get injured, scrape my knee up, break a bone, bring me to the hospital or just put a Band-Aid on it. My father used, he, if I had a cup, my father used to say, let me see it. And then he would spit on it. And that was it. <laughs> Making light of it. <laughs> That's my training about safety when I was growing up as a kid. So we learned through our journey that core values are the most important part of building a strong company culture and a strong safety culture. We worked on core values for quite a while and we had core values we had five of them, and they were consisting of, of one or two sentences each. And they were something that you would, you would have to have a piece of paper in front of you to read them or to remember them. And there was a time when I went around job sites, and I was offering a $100 bill to anybody I would ask randomly, if you can recite one of those core values to me. And over a two-year period, I think they only handed out three $100 bills. So then we learned that that meant that we weren't communicating out our core values very clearly. So we worked on simplifying our core values. And today we have three core values that are very simple. The first one is world-class safety, just those three words, and it says everything. The next one is pride in our work. The next one is be respectful and fair. And we tell people that those core values are behavior at work. We're not telling you you got to go home and do that. But whatever core values or morals that you have at home, they may be different than what we do at work. So you got you to gotta do what we do at work here. You got to be world-class safe. We have times when I'm able to speak in front of our groups of people, like on safety days, I speak in front of the group. And I encourage people to think in a cultural way or a, a way to correlate safety to real life. 
activities. So I tell people a story one time about how I got pulled over by a sheriff quite a few years ago. He pulled me over and he stopped and he said, do you know why I stopped you? And I said, yeah, I, I know I was speeding. And he said, you were doing a 52 and a 45, but I didn't stop you for speeding. I stopped you because you lacked respect for the neighbors' houses that you just drove by. You lacked respect for them that may be out walking her dog or riding a bicycle or, or their child might be out there by the road. You lack respect. You got to be respectful and fair to everybody around you in safety. I use another example of drive 55 or drive the speed limit. And I said to people that somebody figured out at a high level in the Federal Highway Safety Administration that driving 55 or 65 speed limit is a way to be safe. So I challenge them, go down any, any road and drive the speed limit. But don't drive the speed limit because then you're right on the edge. Don't drive on the edge of it. Drive 54 and 55 or drive 64 and 65. And then tell me what it feels like when you go down the highway. And they tell me what it feels like and they say, it feels really, really odd because I'm backing traffic up and people are mad at me and people are whizzing by me at 75 miles an hour. And it, and it feels different because it feels like I'm standing still, like I'm not fitting in. So we talk about that and how world-class safety may not feel quite right sometimes, but you got to do that. And you got you to be a leader and you got to do the right thing. We have another thing that's easy for people to understand. Many years ago in the previous company I worked for, we were in the city of Kingston, New York, doing a 20-foot deep pipeline, sewer pipeline excavation. We had to cross some railroad tracks. So ahead of time, we had a railroad sub come in and remove the ties underneath the rails. It was an excavation maybe 18, 18 inches deep, and we had put barrels around it. But it was in the city, and it was in a work zone. We had signs up, work zone, and so on. Over a weekend, this family, mother and dad, and a young toddler, four or five years old, walked through the zone. And the child gets curious, and he walks down to where the rails are, and he tripped, and he hit himself, and he cut himself. So then it became an insurance issue and a claim. So our safety director in that old company was deposed, and one of the questions was, could you have done anything differently? And he said, yeah, well, right after the incident, I went there and I closed the barrels up. I put more barrels in. I made them so that they're really tight so people wouldn't easily be able to walk through there. And then that was the end of the claim right there because we could have done more. So now we tell that story and we, we remind people to ask yourselves all the time when you're doing something related to safety, what more can you do? We don't want you to be asked that question after the fact. Ask it ahead of time. What more can you do? And we also have this, the daily service standards, which we read every day, a different one, and discuss 12 times a year. And that, once again, reinforces culture, and a lot of it's about safety. I, I want to give you an, I, I, one more snippet. It's a very short story. I want to share you how we use the core values. Yeah. So I drove out to a job site that was out near Boston. It was about a three-and-a-half-hour drive, and this was going back in maybe 2018. There was a superintendent out there who I, who I went to talk to him, and, I, and after I reviewed things in the job, I asked him how it was going driving the speed limit. And he said to me, I'm working on it. And I said, what do you mean you're working on it? You, either you're doing it or you're not doing it. Well, I'm working on it. And I said to him, it's very important to me that you do that. You're driving a company vehicle, and... Um, he said, because he said, it's my time. 
when I'm driving home, back and forth to home, I said, you're driving a company vehicle. Even though I'm not paying you to drive, it's my vehicle and our company name's on a side vehicle. And I'm asking you to do this in our vehicle. If you want to drive your personal vehicle and speed, that's okay. So he said, well, I'm trying. He, he was really indignant. I'm trying. And I said, okay, Jim. So his name was Jim. Jim, suppose you invite me over to a summit picnic at your house and your whole family's there, extended relatives and friends. And I show up there and I have four or five beers and I start to get rude with your parents or your wife or your kids. And rude to the point where you're getting upset. You're probably gonna, we're friends, you're gonna call me into the kitchen and say, Bill, you know, like, chill out, man. You drank too much and uh, I, I, I don't like this. And and I would respond, I'm trying, I'm trying, really trying, Jim. I'm trying the best I can. So we end up, I left the party, and then you invite me back for a, a Labor Day event. And same kind of situation. And this time I piss off somebody else in the family. And you call me in the kitchen again. And I say, Jim, I'm trying. I'm really working on it. Then I did it a third time. This was around Thanksgiving. And same thing happened, and I really offended you. You called me in the kitchen, and you said, Bill, I don't even want to be friends with you anymore. You're, I'm done with you. I'm done with your trying. I said, and Jim said, oh, I see where you're going with this. I said, that's right, Jim, because the core values are who we are and what, how we do things at work. And after a while, if you refuse to do it the way that we want you to do it here, then we're not going to want you here. Oh, okay. So let's get, let's click a little snippet of how it works here. One of the things that struck me in, the, in your conversation, I'm going to use it in the future as well too, was just that simple human concept of respect. I never really thought about why, how important that is in a safety culture. Uh, and sometimes you need to remind people of that, that thing that many of us just assume it's part of how we conduct ourselves. But that is a very powerful motivational tool to get people to follow what you want them to do it. Not you know, imposing upon them externally. It's an internal um, force that says you need to change your behavior. You need to alter behavior, not for yourself, yeah. but for the people around you who you, you need to respect and they need to respect you as, as well too. That's true. The quest for a safety culture in a company can be a journey of ups and downs, as you certainly described. What's some advice you can share on how to get back on track when circumstances uh, like such as the pandemic interfered with your plans? After the pandemic, we went back to our roots, back to our core values and our safety vision. Um, I didn't talk about the safety vision, but it's a separate thing that we do. It's really just a, a one paragraph thing or two sentences. Because some of those things, we do forget about them when we're preoccupied with other things, um, like a pandemic. So we also went back to the roots of reviewing our objectives, like I did earlier in this podcast with you, the objectives of the safety focus group, the objectives of the safety committee. Because it seems like we read the objectives when we first got started, or when there's a new member that comes into the group, we refresh. But it got stale. So that was one of the things that we did. And I, I say... Go back to the roots. I say that um, the vision will leak out 
and the culture will drift unless we go back to it and we keep reinforcing it. People will forget what you told them about the culture. People will forget what's important about the safety program. So I say reinforce core values, vision, and be vigilant back to the roots. Bill, thanks for your time today to talk about your company's safety program. And as well, talk about your corporate culture as well, too. You've built a very strong one in terms of uh, attention to detail, responsibility, uh, morals as well, too. Um, and a lot of small businesses today just you know have aspects of that. But uh, you've got it all put together in a very strong package. So I salute you for what you've done. You've, 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 you've really created a, a, a strong culture, uh, both safety and corporate. Um, you've given our audience a lot to think about, and I wish you the best success for your program and your company. Thank you for your kind words, Bob. I appreciate that so much because we do work hard at what we do to continue to reinforce culture, safety culture, and, and a program in our company culture. And so often we don't hear feedback from outside, and this is an opportunity for me to hear feedback from you outside. I appreciate that. I so appreciate the opportunity to share this with you. And I learned a lot myself about our company by going through this journey and preparing for it. I spent a couple or three hours preparing for it. And I learned about ourselves. And I actually learned more of how we can improve ourselves by going through this. So I thank you very much for the opportunity. Schultz Construction can be found online at WMSCHULTZ.com. That's WMSCHULTZ.com. And for more information about NUCA's safety programs and training opportunities, check out NUCA.com slash safety. We offer many throughout the year to build or enhance your own company's culture of safety. And thank you for listening to Dig This, NUCA's official podcast. Please remember, safety first in all our work.